When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All I'm saying is that Boston found a way to win the game in game three. And so game four, what's Houston doing? Are they just going to ride that the the rest of the, like if they get knocked out, is that just going to be the, the thing they point to for the rest of the offseason? Like you got to figure right. out a way to make it work. and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here's your host, Kyle Corwin. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 16. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate I just wanted to go on record as saying I'm dedicating this episode to Alex Bregman. <laughs> Guy just hasn't had much going for him lately. Shot himself in the foot with the Instagram highlight clips. They're 0-2 since then. Flew out to end last night's game. Dude's just in a in a dark spot right now. He's in a dark place. I feel for him. No, I actually don't. I think the dude's a tool, but Yeah, he needs uh he needs some DTD eleven. Dude's really, really put his team in a in a tight spot, but uh, we'll obviously dive into that series here soon. But first, wanted to wanted to cover an isolated event, or rather, a couple events that have have been uh, happening with Manny Machado. What is going on with this dude? Not to say that I'm surprised, but what is going on? So, like. I think I don't I don't know if he's like thriving and becoming the villain of baseball, but he is slowly but surely becoming the villain. Like I hate him. Well, I would argue it hasn't even been because of what's going on in LA. I mean, you think back to his his scuffles with Donaldson back when he was with the A's and right. Manny was with the O's throwing the bat. I mean, and then Obviously, as I'm sure most people know by now, the intentional foot drag in what was it, game four? Yeah. Um, dude is just a scumbag. He's such a scumbag. And what, what a lot of people aren't talking about, what no one really saw, I think, was I think it was like game two or three when he had that massive backswing and he knocked the mask off the catcher. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Smoked him in the face. Yep. And they didn't say anything. He literally said nothing, didn't even look back. And just went to the dugout. As a hitter, you feel that. So it's not like he didn't notice it. You definitely feel it. So if if you feel the tiniest little catcher's interference and you don't feel smacking some dude in the face in your backswing, you're full of it. Yeah. But the dude is slowly and then that whole the whole uh I'm not gonna be Mr. Johnny the Hustle. Johnny Hustle. Article. That that quote that he said, I'm that's just not who I am. I'm I don't not that, hustle. I'm not that type of player. That's not who I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna be Johnny Hustle. That's not my cup of tea. 
So what why this guy's trying just... to land a massive contract in the offseason and that's how you're going to that's how you're going to characterize your October? I hope he stays a freaking Dodger. I really do. I, I hope, hope he, he stays goes, a Dodger. I hope he goes to the Yankees. No, I don't want him. I don't want him. No, I'm kidding. Even as much as I hate the Yankees, that would be a disgrace if Manny Machado went to that organization. I, you just, ugh, ugh. he's gross. And the foot drag thing, I don't understand. I really don't get it. I mean, I, you can argue that Aguilar kind of hung around the base for a little while, but like, whatever. His toes were on the base. Like, there's plenty of space. So you saw Manny look down as he was crossing the bag. Yeah, it was 100% intentional. Well, I don't want to spend too much time on him. Stupid Um, haircut, too. Yeah, looking like Miller Park. I don't know what's going on. He looks like a basketball. Somebody said looks like a basketball. Well, somebody tweeted me a picture of, like, the outside of Miller Park, and if you go back and look, if you look at, like, the top of the retractable roof, it looks like Manny's Manny's head. It's actually quite entertaining. It's Um, a moron. Moving on to Sox Stroh's. Who saw this coming? Boston up 3-1, winning the first two games in Houston. I I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, did, I know I said that I thought they were going to win these last two games, but realistically, I thought, I mean, Houston would have put up a better fight. Not to say that last night's game, uh, game four, wasn't wasn't a close one, but game three, what happened? I mean, they kind I, I said in the last episode, they were, Boston was going to come out and punch Houston in the mouth, and that's exactly what they did. Two run first, and they uh, jumped out early last night, if I recall as well. So, I mean, what's going on with Houston? What's up with this pitching staff that's supposedly, supposedly the best? Uh, Jackie Bradley is what happened. Is that guy going to – if you guys win it, does Jackie Bradley – win MVP with like four hits in a series. I mean I think he might. He's he's three or four RBIs away from most ever for a red a member of the Red Sox in the postseason, which I would say considering how long this franchise has been around, I would say that's probably uh worthy of an ALCS MVP. That's just me. He has my vote. I mean I don't know who else you give it to. I agree. I mean it's wow. The dude's just running into baseballs, like, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's, there's like a spark missing from the Astros. You know what I mean? It's, it, George Springer is doing what he always does in the postseason. Bregman is kind of up and down, but playing pretty good defensively. Um, Altuve is clearly not healthy. Um, but he's kind of toughing it out, which is pretty cool. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez has been a stud. So, like, offensively, I feel like they're hanging around. But you're right, this pitching is not as spectacular as they've been. And and like I said before, um, Keiko isn't the Keiko of old. Uh, I don't know what's up with him. I, although, I, I think he did okay. Uh, but the bullpen's been sketchy, too. So... I just uh, I don't know, man. It's it's. I think they got Verlander tonight, right? Yeah, Verlander and Price. I think Verlander's shutting the door. Um, I think I don't think it's much of breaking news to say that David Price's woes continue. I don't. 
I don't expect him to be lights out. Um, well, do you think there's any truth? I've, I've seen a couple tweets uh, since last night when Cora announced that he was going to be the Game 5 starter. Do you think there's any truth to the belief that maybe the general consensus across the baseball world is that this is just going to be a slam dunk for Verlander and that uh, they might take Price a little too lightly and Boston might sneak this fifth game out? I don't know. I What I keep hearing about Verlander is that he is like old school when he pitches, as in no one talks to him that day. He's got his headphones in all day. No one comes up to him in the dugout. Like, he's completely left alone. And I feel like when that guy is in a big game situation, he's even better. Um, yeah, I, and in no, way I, am I, am I, I'm, in no way am I doubting Verlander's ability and talent, especially in big games such as this. But I'm more so curious about how Houston's lineup approaches price in terms of all right, we've got Verlander on the mound. We can at least get, get we, we can get yeah. back into this thing. Like, yeah, I mean, not to say that it'll happen because Price minus is, with the exception of his last start, and even that's a stretch. He hasn't given us much reason to believe that tonight would be any different. But I mean, we all know anything happens in baseball, and there is a there is a chance that, at least in my opinion, that sure that, that absolutely, can and that's the beauty of baseball, right? Like we. He still has to, you know, he still has to go out on the bump and throw the ball over the plate. Like, you never know. Um, but I, to me, I just I feel like this, the the amount of quality right-handed hitters on the Astros are going to give David Price some trouble. You know, Tuve is always putting a barrel on the ball, no matter the knee injury or not. Um, Correa is looking like he's probably pretty healthy again. Springer's been crazy. Bregman is always in the mix. So it's like it's it's a lot of right-handed pop, you know. So I don't know, man. I just I don't I don't have any confidence in David Price. If I'm a Red Sox fan or not, if I'm a if I'm a baseball fan or not, if I've watched this year at all, I'm not a huge fan of David Price going up against Verlander. But I get what you're saying about. Uh, I think if I think if it was a tied series or if the Astros were up in the series, I could see your theory of the Astros kind of laying back on David Price. But this is obviously a must win for them. So yeah, that's, that's I, don't, true. I don't see them taking any any relaxation pills. Before we get too carried away with kind of previewing uh, the remainder of the series, I want to go back and look – I want to get your thoughts on some of these questionable calls that we've encountered. Uh, yeah. Give it a second look. First, starting with uh, game three, Tony Kemp in left field. Ball uh, up against the scoreboard. From different angles, you see different things, but I can say with 100% confidence, I've seen the side view and the ball bounce into his glove. I don't know if you've seen that angle or what you're – if you have relatively strong opinions on it, but so I, I haven't. I, seen, I think they got robbed. I haven't seen that angle, but watching it live, I heard the I heard the sound before he hit the wall. Right, like uh, like listening to it live, you could hear because that it, that it's like a tin scoreboard, like it's obviously loud. 
it's similar to like the the monster in Fenway mm-hmm. with that scoreboard. Um, like I heard some type of noise before he backed up and hit the wall. So I haven't seen a side angle, but I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like umpires are bad this year, and it's it's really pushing this whole robot inter, um, review everything kind of umpire, which sucks. Yeah, I mean, you and I both know that I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of the umpires' performance this postseason. But to be fair, they've been they've been put in some tight spots, like some calls that not even computers can really make, just because they're that close. Sure. But um, the, see, so the thing with me about that is that, as you'd expect, after that call was made, Boston fans. In an uproar, you just cost us multiple runs. I think it was two. It would have cost them two, if I recall. Um, and then last night's last night's uh, debacle, Astros fans might call it. Um, <laughs> Mookie going up, the ball hit by uh, Altuve, just lunges up for it. Makes <clears throat> makes what I would think would be one of the best catches in postseason history. I mean, I know there's people saying baseball history. I think that's a bit of a stretch. But in terms of the situation, what's at stake, I mean, the guy's 5'9". I mean, he's getting up there. And I still think, I still think based on the different angles we've seen, that it was, like I I texted you last night after it happened, I think it was a, a mutual effort on both parts in terms of uh, lunging for it. And I think I think if you go back and look, they met immediately or directly above the, the top of the wall. And I don't know like yeah. the technicalities of it, but I don't think they had, like you said, I don't think there's enough to overturn it there. Yeah, so like for the rule is um, that like wherever, whichever side of the, the ball, the, the or whichever, you know what I'm saying, whatever side we're on here. right so if, if it's in field of play the fan can't interfere obviously and if it's in the other side where it's the fan side it's fair game for the fan and so the argument is was Mookie over the fence reaching into the fan area or was the fan reaching into you know the playing area and so the uh, it's so difficult because I think they did show that that side angle along the fence and that security guard leaned in front of the camera. Yeah. Talk about your so, unlucky, unlucky right. situation. So you couldn't tell that. And, um, you kind of looking at it at like a weird 45 degree angle where you're not quite sure. Um, but I agree. I think it was a call stands as it was called on the field versus call confirmed, you know, fan interference. Um, I personally feel that Mookie went over the fence. Um, and we've seen guys make that catch. You know, it's, it's amazing. And the fact that he is five, nine, I think that's extremely athletic. Yes. I do think he would have caught it if there was no fan there, but if we're going by the rules, I feel like the fan was just staying in his area. I don't think he went over the fence. So I don't know. I mean, it's, this is coming from 
<laughs> this is coming from a guy that remembered uh, the the Derek Jeter home run way back when, the Mr. November one, where we had the fan reach over the fence. Yeah, it was against uh, uh, Baltimore. Against Baltimore in right field. So that was obviously fan interference, but I think that was kind of it kind of helped write the rules for now. But um, it's it's so tough, man, because two two is an entirely different ball game if that's called a home run. It's it's really hard to say. I think it unfortunately did alter the game, but I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just like you said, very controversial, and there's nothing we can do about it now. Right, and that's what I was saying about the the Tony Kemp quote unquote catch the game before. Like again, the umpires this entire postseason have not been great. But you can look at game three and four and say that both teams got screwed out of multiple runs. And now what the team that got screwed does the rest of the game to make up for it, that's on that. Like, there's nothing you can do once a call is made. Absolutely. All I'm saying is that Boston found a way to win the game in game three. And so game four, what's Houston doing? Are they just going to ride that the, the rest of the like if they get knocked out, is that just going to be the the thing they point to for the rest of the off season? Like you got to figure right. out a way to make it work. Right. It's always been that case. And that's the way we're always trained from, from when we're tiny to playing in little league to playing in high school, college and on umpires aren't perfect, but they are never the sole excuse for a win or a loss. It can't be. Um, and especially with review, that argument is way dead. So it's it's absolutely about overcoming those those bad calls or controversial calls or whatever, uh, and making making a statement. And so the I think Astros did okay offensively, and they were you know inches away from winning that game, but obviously not the case. Not if Andrew Benatendi has anything to say about it. Um, but kind of continuing on the, on these calls last night's game was so long. I just felt like, I mean, I don't remember how many, how many plays were taken to review, but it just seemed like the game was dragging on. And despite the fact, what was up with the fans leaving in the eighth inning? Are you kidding me? Like you're going to, you're going to spend all of that money and then you're going to miss probably the the most exciting finish to a game that we've seen this postseason. One, it, one of the most exciting finishes. Yeah, I don't get it. It didn't make any sense to me because it's like, agreed, that's not a cheap ticket. And and it was a two-run game. Like, yeah. what do you – I don't know. I don't know either. It doesn't but make sense to me. As far as the length of the game goes, um, they keep talking about – because, like, the whole mound visit thing, I don't think really shortens the game that much. Um, I feel like if they do some type of way to eliminate catcher's signs, which sounds very unorganic, um, but if they find a way to where they eliminate a catcher putting down a certain amount of fingers... Uh, I think that would quicken up the game because how many times have we seen 
either cross-ups or guys, you know, stepping off because they don't know the sign, um, you know, stuff like that. So I obviously, you and I are both on the same page. I don't care. Baseball is baseball. Right. If it's a four-hour game, if it's a two-hour game, I love it either way. I watched all of uh, the Dodgers and and uh, Brewers extra innings game, the 14-inning game. I watched all of it. I don't care. And it's that's why I love baseball. But I understand why people are getting pissed, why it's hard for kids to watch that don't really understand the intricacies that we do. So I don't know what's going to change. I hope it's nothing too drastic. But I'm sure freaking Manfred is going to do something weird. Well, I hate to leave you out to dry on the whole catcher's signs thing, but I don't I don't think I can agree with you on that one. There's just to me that's that's just part of the part of the pitcher catcher dynamic that needs to remain intact. Like I the, I just feel like that would be way too hard to to try to oversee or to manage um from a from a rules perspective. Um if you're talking about putting limits on it and in terms of secondary methods of communication for the pitchers and catchers, I don't know what that would look like. Um, but again, it just comes down to fans being presented with a long game, but not realizing the significance of it. And so they're like, you know what? I think it's time to go home. I don't really care how this finishes. And to me, that's a waste of a ticket. And if you're in the in the market for tickets, I think I have the answer for you. I think it, the it, people it, that are in the market for tickets aren't leaving games early. And if they're true. buying it they're buying it through us, they're not leaving games early. That's true. And if they're looking for tickets for game five or beyond, I think we have the solution. And that is SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the answer to all your ticket needs. Are you looking for tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concerts, shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. The next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. So all you got to do is save some of that cold, hard cash. Enter promo code DTD at checkout. All right, kicking it over to the National League. Let's uh, run through these last few games, games four and five. Um, Dodgers really flipping the script. I'll be honest with you. I didn't see – I mean, I know I have them in the World Series. I've been saying that for months now. Boston, L.A., World Series. Pretty sure I've been saying that since, like, August. Um, But – I didn't see it going this way, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I thought they were going to come out of the gate a little stronger, but at the end of the day, they're leading the series three to two after five. So, what do you think has contributed to that? Uh, Kershaw getting off the snide was a big one. Um, I think he went seven strong, like three hits. Um, I think. Yeah, that was that was big time. I don't. I don't know if he's completely got the monkey off his back but that was a big that was a big stance right there that was a big statement so and and that's the crazy thing is seven deep 
allowing just three hits. I mean, that's a that's a big time effort for just your average Joe. But absolutely, we're still that shows you how good Kershaw is. Not looking at postseason versus regular season, just in general, how good of a pitcher Kershaw is. That we're looking at that line of seven innings and three hits, and we're still questioning whether or not he's like reaching his full potential. That I mean, right. that, that's a testament to just how dominant he is. Absolutely. So you know him doing well. Um, <laughs> Grandal is, <laughs> for the most part, been pretty quiet with uh, with errors behind the plate. Um, they last night especially was like hitting. It was just hitting singles, doubles, finding holes, um, scoring from second. I mean, it was moving up on throws. You know, there, there's guys hitting singles for, uh, with a throw to the plate and they're moving up to second base when they're, when the throw misses the cutoff man. So like just teachable baseball, you know what I mean? Baseball that we all have tried to play as a team throughout the years. And like, it's fun to watch when that kind of stuff happens. I um, myself enjoy watching that versus home run after home run after home run. I mean, it, it is, of course, entertaining for, for most people. But for me, I enjoy things like that when it comes to baseball. So um, last night was was nuts with with just playing true baseball that you would see, you know, out of a good high school team or out of a good college team. You know what I mean? Just right. not relying on the deep ball. So well, we'll, we'll come back to game five real quick, but just going back to game four, kind of sticking with the theme of uh, questionable interference calls. Did you by chance catch the Yelich slide uh, over in foul territory? I think it was like the bottom of the eighth. Did you by chance yes. see that? Yes. That was weird, man. I'm telling you, man, that's just – that's another one of those calls that's really just putting – I mean, again, I know there's there's rules written on paper about these kinds of things, but just to see the number of close calls that these umpires have to make decisions on, just in this post like really just this last week alone has been just mind-blowing, and it – it's unfortunate because we haven't been blessed with the greatest of of umpiring crews in terms of personnel, but I think that gets compounded when you have these these calls that not only are questionable, but they're like make or break calls for some of these teams, especially late in the games. Yeah, it's um it's the human element, man. It's the human element, you know. It's <laughs> It's just stuff that we can't equate. Um, but again, it's it's so hard because there's such a, a gray area with the mix of, well, let's keep baseball traditional and true and let's get the call right because it's a big deal. And I don't know how much more can be done. I don't want to see any type of computerized uh, umpire beyond the the review that we get um i think people just have to deal with it you know it's it's a part of sports i think unfortunately we're we're beyond the point of ever returning to 
I mean, it it's pretty much a guarantee at this point. We'll never see replay removed, even in the slightest degree. It's only going to get right. worse from this point on because right. people, they've seen what replay can do in terms of that immediate or that instant gratification of, all right, we got the call right. Let's keep moving on. And I think, I think that's only going to get worse. People are going to start, which is ironic because I remember when, when replay was introduced that like new fans and traditional fans were in an uproar altogether, to be honest with you, because they're like, Oh, this just like slows down the game, especially if they're taking minutes at a time. Yeah. Um, but now people just want more because especially in these big time games, they want the calls, right? They don't care how long it takes. Like if, if Astros fans want to sit there for an hour while they dissect this Altuve home run or what would have been a home run, I think they'd be willing to do it because they they want to they want the right call. It's it's definitely a weird fine line because like when the Yankees Red Sox series ended, it ended on a review, and it was a uh, you know a play at first base and. We're questioning whether Steve Pierce is on the bag or not. Um, and it was just like, from the other side of it, I'm sure it was weird as as a Red Sox player. You know what I mean? They're like, they're ready to celebrate on the field. Like, they're ready to start hugging each other. But we've got a minute and a half, two-minute delay of whether he's safe or out. So, like, it's, it's pulling. Very anticlimactic. Yeah, big time. And it's pulling the excitement out of it. It's, of course, awesome and correct when we get it correct. But it like it, it just kind of sucks when, you know, it kind of pulls away from the drama of it. I don't know. It, I mean, imagine, imagine last night that that home run didn't happen early in the game. Imagine that was a chance for a walk-off. And it takes five minutes before we get an answer. And Altuve standing on second base, not sure what to do. And all of a sudden, it's game over, and he finishes the trot. It's so weird. It's just, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's definitely pluses, but for me, there's negatives about it, too. For sure. Um, all right, bringing it back, uh, just wrapping up the, the latest game with, between the Dodgers and Brewers, game five. Touched on a little bit um, with Kershaw. But something that I, I saw that cannot happen in the, in these last two games, if it gets that far um, in terms of a game seven is the Brewers need more from their, their two, three, four hitters than they got in game five. They had one hit from Yelich, Braun and Aguilar, which not what you want from the, the middle of your order um, or at least the, the top, top half of your order. Um, I mean, I know you're going up against Kershaw, but yeah, we, we've talked and about I, it before. You need to you need to make it work somehow. And I think Yelich has been decently successful against Kershaw. Yeah, in his in his career. So it's like, I think that is another testament to how well Kershaw threw. Um, Braun, I'm not a huge fan of Braun, and never been a huge fan of Braun, especially after the PED stuff came out years ago. Braun's a Braun's an interesting dude, man. He he he's got a look about him. I don't know what it is, but I he he's the type of guy that would steal your car keys and then help you look for him. 
<laughs> I don't I don't know what it is about him. There's just something that I don't want to say creeps me out, but maybe that's maybe that's what it is. There's just something about it that's I don't know. Rubs me the wrong way. I agree. I agree. Um, I think I think this thing's going seven. I really do. I think um, I think with it going back to Milwaukee, I think you're going to see those two, three, four hitters kind of wake up again. But, um, you know, as far as last night goes, you're right. It's just the, the, what's weird for them and the reason they're here, as far as speaking for the Brewers, the reason they're here is they've been able to match good pitching with good hitting at the same time. I don't think pitching was that bad last night. I really don't think it was that bad. It was, like I said, I mean, it was base hits through the hole. It wasn't like it was giving up dingers left and right. So yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, the score is fi- the final score is five to two, and yeah. while that's while five runs isn't ideal, I mean, you 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 flip the other side, you go to the American League, you look at Houston giving up eight runs in back to back games, like, and they're th- yeah. they're known for their pitching staff, like I said, especially their starting rotation. So. Yeah. I don't think the Brewers are in terrible shape in terms of their pitching, like you said. I just think like they they just have to they have to bring the pieces together at the same time. And I I missed the beginning of that game. What was the deal with Wade Miley? What was that? I just saw an update on my phone that he, had, he threw like five pitches and then they pulled him. Oh no, it was uh, Gio. It was Gio Gonzalez. He uh... well, that was the ankle one in the the fourteen inning game. What was yesterday? I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't catch the game because I, I was still at work. Or yeah. I, no, I, I take it back. I caught the game, but in terms of the the start of it, I didn't see the beginning. I, I yeah, didn't, I didn't see what happened with him. All I saw was an update on my phone saying Wade Miley threw five pitches, and that was it. So I don't know. Maybe the fans will, will help us out on that. Man, they're really taking this whole bullpen thing to a new level. Yeah, seriously. But uh, no, I think I think. Uh, I don't know. The Dodgers get scary when they get momentum like this, but I think the Brew Crew will uh, will force a game seven. I could see it happening. Although I thought it was going six, which it can still happen. <laughs> I I think you're right. I think bringing it back to Milwaukee is is huge for their their psyche, their momentum. Um, so I mean, as much as I think Dodgers are taking it in six, I've been saying that like I said for weeks now. I could very easily see Milwaukee taking it to to seven, um, but in terms of uh, predictions, it's time to wrap this thing up. What do you got for the remainder of these uh, remainder of these championship series? And then, what's your World Series looking like? Any any changes made? Uh yeah, I don't think I, I can stick with the Astros. Um, but Verlander shoves tonight. I think. Um, so you've got it, like you've keep, got it going back to Boston then. Yeah, it's going back to Boston, but I think Boston cleans up in in Boston. Unfortunately, first game back, game six. Yeah, yeah, um, and then with the Dodgers, man. It's looking more and more like your prediction that you've had for a while. I'm telling really you, man, it's been since August. Yeah, the Brewers, I feel like, are losing their steam. This is this is a point of the 
of every year where where superstars show up. And you're going to see there's plenty of superstars to pick from on every other team but the Brewers, to me. I mean, like, Yelich, yeah, great year, probably MVP, not a superstar yet. Other superstars and other teams are going to show up. And the Brewers, I feel like, are are kind of out of that uh, that underdog kind of Cinderella story script. Right. So I go, I go Dodgers, um, finishing, finishing this thing out in seven, um, and Boston in six. And then world series, what do you got? I have to go Dodgers on world series. I have to, oh, of course I, I have to root for Manny Machado now. Why do you have to root Astros. for Manny Machado? Oh, well, that's fine. If he goes 0 for 12. You don't have to root for Manny Machado. You can you can pull for Matt Kemp, Brian Dozier. <laughs> Just turn a blind eye to him, man. I hate him so much. The uh, way you hate Bregman is the way I feel about Machado. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say for me, I know I had Sox throws going 7, um, but I'll be completely honest with you. I was not expecting Boston to come into Houston and score 16 runs. Um, just did not see that coming at all. I thought they were going to be close games, which last night's was, uh, but I didn't think it'd be that high scoring, especially, like I said, with the pitching that Houston's known for. Um, so I'm actually going to revise my prediction. I'm going to go six. Uh, as you said, I say – they're not able to to carry out the sweep in Houston in terms of the three games there, um, so they they take the L tonight is my guess. Don't want to see it happen, but that's my guess. And then I see them going back to Boston and, like you said, just putting it in the bag, calling it done. Um, yeah, LA, Garrett Cole making two starts in Boston. It's not a good thing. Not what you want if you're a Houston fan. No. Um, L.A. Milwaukee. Um. I'm also going to say six. I'm going to say Dodgers take it first game back wow. in Milwaukee. Um, and then World Series, I'm also going to say six between Boston and L.A. Boston will take it. Um, so, yeah, nothing nothing too much to shake up on my end. Uh, pretty, pretty much the same, although yeah. I am going to shorten the Boston-Houston series by game. That's, that's about it. Um. Other than that, that's that's about it. That's all I got. Unless you got anything else, I'm tired of sounding like an idiot. These teams make me sound stupid. It's getting old. I'll tell you what, Marwin Gonzalez is making me look like a genius. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> all right, but anyway, that's all we got for you guys today. Um, as always, thanks you thanks for tuning in we'll catch back up with you guys early next week to recap the finishes of the championship series both of them um, as well as preview the fall classic the world series the part of the season we've been waiting for since opening day in the meantime subscribe to that podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that review with how many stars nate five 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 we love you all and as always we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon until then stay filthy Don't tell me you don't see it.